0: When this boy meets girl, meets boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello class, open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World, season 4, episode 8, chapter titled...
1: Dangerous Secret.
0: Dangerous Secret, and before we start, I guess, like... Right up front, we should say, this is going to have some serious tones to it.
1: Uh, yeah, so I guess content warning. Yeah. Um, If you have an aversion or a, a bad reaction to abuse in any form, then yeah. maybe skip this one.
0: Yeah. Um, it's a very heavy Boy Meets World episode. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, Tanya, how you been?
1: I've been really good. Really?
0: Yeah. That's how about you? good. I've been okay. What?
1: Have you only been okay because you've been kind of sad about getting another year older?
0: I got really old, really fast. Overnight. Overnight. And I didn't sleep afterwards. So, like, I just feel older even than I did. Like, you know how a lot of times you go on the next day and everyone's like, Do you feel older? I do. I do feel older.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. <laughs> if you were trying to make me not feel guilty over all of this, I mean, this, I'm not. Then... I'm just talking. So, yesterday, which was... Um, oh, it was my birthday. Yeah. So, we're recording on Sunday. So we've just been recording all willy-nilly, all over the place. Last week, I think it was Friday. This week, we're doing it on Sunday. Usually, we do it on Saturday, but I guess we don't have a schedule anymore. We are you guys, rebels.
0: You guys don't care. You get it on Monday at 4 a.m. doesn't matter.
1: Right. Um, yesterday, July eleventh, Seven Eleven Day.
0: Oh, except Seven Eleven Day was
1: canceled. I mean, it was still Seven Eleven Day, but they just decided not to do free Slurpees. Right. If you had the app, you could get free Slurpee, a free Slurpee all month. But the proceeds first for something or other would go to the charity. proceeds from
0: your free Slurpee.
1: No, to <laughs> like, never mind. I, okay. It they were doing a charity drive. Okay. For the month of July. Good 7-11 job. Seven Eleven. Seven Eleven. I think. Um, but you had to be a part of their membership, which I was, I think, but I forgot.
0: Okay. Go on. What? Where was this going? We're tired. Go.
1: <laughs> it was going to July 11th is Alden's birthday. And that was yesterday. So he is now 37. God. And we Ugh. finally ended birthday season. Thank God. Yeah,
0: my birthday is the end of our family's birthday season where we go rapid fire a birthday every two weeks.
1: I kick it off with a bang.
0: Uh Uh-huh. Well, the the month of May is all about Tanya, Uh, even though all three of our children's birthdays follow it up within a month. uh, It's about the month of May.
1: (laughs) I started off in May, and then boom, 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 it goes Finley, Aubrey, Caden, and then it ends with Alden, and we are all within a month and a half of each other. Yep. So... We're we're done. Birthday season is over. I, we can actually breathe a sigh of relief. And I yeah. thought that this morning, like, Whew, all right. Life can go back to semi normal again. Sure. I mean, no more birthdays.
0: Yeah, there's no normal at this point, but I mean, go ahead.
1: I said semi normal.
0: Alright, so
1: did you have a good birthday?
0: I'm very tired. So, on my birthday, Tanya decided she would watch (laughs) our nephew. And I'm fine with that. Like, I love our nephew. He's the sweetest. And uh, all day on my birthday, I was thinking, this kid is just the greatest kid. Like, and he is a great child. Yes. Nine-month-old, and he's uh, so well-behaved and happy and fun.
1: Very chill. Very. He adapts very well. He
0: loves me. And And me. Yeah, but me the most. And then bedtime comes and he does not sleep well.
1: Well, he sleeps. He sleeps well. He sleeps loud. Yeah. He makes a lot of noises in his sleep. And like noises that make you think he's awake, but he's not awake because then he'll like he'll like growl really loud and then start snoring again. And he's a snorer. And
0: gasp for breath. And uh, we also, I guess, I think because it was my birthday, uh, Caden let his dog sleep in our room. And uh, so we had Tanya, the baby, and Fred, our dog, all in our room. On, I snore. For my birthday, Tanya snores, the baby's snoring, and Gat, like, that That's the worst part for me. That's what keeps me up, is like he'll be snoring, like, and then he'll do like a, and I'm like, oh my God, he's got to check on him.
1: Right. So back in February, we watched him for like three nights, I think, and he was very little Uh, and we had never we had hardly been around him. And he has like a lot of breathing issues, but nothing so bad that the doctors are concerned. Like my sister's taken to the doctors a million times. And been like, why does he breathe like this? And they're like, he's fine. He's fine. Like, this is not abnormal. But when he is sleeping, it sounds terrifying.
0: Yes. And I can't sleep. Um, so anyway, yeah, at one point last night, I like, the baby is snoring, I look over to my left, and Tanya is snoring, and I've kind of, like, grown to accept this, and then the dog starts snoring, and I was like, what am I even doing anymore? It
1: was a bittersweet symphony.
0: Uh, I didn't find the sweet. (laughs) I got out of bed and walked to the kitchen. Um, <laughs> got, did you get cake? I got a little bit of carrot cake that Aubrey made me for my birthday. How is that cake? So amazing. It was the best cake. I put it on my Instagram if you want to see it, but... Um, She's she, a prodigy. She is amazing. Yeah, that that I haven't had carrot cake in many years because I um, uh, realized I had uh, gluten intolerance. And... They don't really make a good... Like, you can find a good gluten-free chocolate cake here and there. You can find good gluten-free uh, vanilla cakes. Like, normal stuff, because that will sell. I've never found a good gluten-free carrot cake. So, this is the first carrot cake I've had, I think, in it since, since realizing my issues and accepting them. Because right. I think early on, I knew I had an, uh, gluten issues, but I still dabbled.
1: <laughs> dabbled by... He realized, and we ate Pop-Tarts before bed every night.
0: And Taco Bell, all like, twice a and week. And
1: cereal that was, some yeah. of it was glutinous. Yeah, so... Um, but she took everything into account. Like, yeah. it, she sent me out for ingredients, and I had to go all over the place because uh, he also is lactose intolerant. So, like...
0: I mean, no one's ever diagnosed me with that.
1: Uh, but you are. So
0: <laughs> it, um, it's clear to everyone around me.
1: <laughs> okay, so he's got a lot of stomach issues,
0: and she she adapted all of it. Yeah. Like, so. so
1: and like got dairy-free cream cheese to make cream cheese frosting. Like this cake was out of this world and she is amazing and she is 14 years old like i can't even imagine what she's going to be doing when she's like 18 or 19. so your birthday was good
0: my birthday was good yes i'm so tired um anyway how was your my birthday
1: i enjoyed your birthday because when jude is here our nephew it makes it so i can't do anything other than take care of him Mm -hmm. so like All of the pressing things, like the gardens and stuff, actually, like, had to wait. And I had to be like, well, they'll be okay. And and they were. Like, everything was fine. So, I actually relaxed more because Jude was here than I would have normally. But I also had to get up very early this morning with him and then stay up all morning with him. And he missed his mother very much as of today.
0: Yeah. So.
1: But. It was a good weekend.
0: Yeah, otherwise, um, that's it, I guess, right? We haven't done anything I else.
1: I think so, yeah, that's it. We had, I mean, that, yeah, that's it.
0: <laughs> We've also...
1: Watched Boy Meets World. Yeah,
0: we did. We just watched, now. Just now.
1: We're really flying by the seat of our pants here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, because Tanya's tap dancing on the chair that we're recording on. Um, so, we watched Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 8, Chapter Titled...
1: Dangerous secret.
0: It was directed by Jeff McCracken, and I'm not sure who wrote it. I looked in several places, and I couldn't find a definitive answer. Um, Jeff Sherman is definitely written as a writer, so I think it was Jeff McCracken and Jeff Sherman, but I'm not positive. The Jeffs. I think it was the Jeff twins, but I'm not sure. So, okay. If anybody wants, to, if anybody knows a better site, um, I tried the Boy Meets World wiki, and I tried IMDb, and I tried. Um, like IMDb listed April Kelly as a writer. Like she wasn't a writer. She just helped create the series. Right. So, um, I'm not sure if there's another site I should find for writers, but.
1: Yeah. And we didn't have time because we just watched it and now we're recording. We didn't have time to reach out to any of our experts out there. So yeah, no. like next time, if we have more time, we'll just reach out to one of you guys, but probably Channing first. Cause, uh, he's open to that, but. This time we just didn't have the time to.
0: Yeah, but anybody in Facebook, Channing, John, um, Nicole, whoever. Mike, <clears throat> If anyone. you haven't joined our Facebook, go join it and tell us we're wrong. So. Yeah,
1: Mike isn't even probably going to listen to this one. He mm. doesn't like how serious it is. Yeah,
0: he, he warned us that this was a, a heavy one. And he, <laughs> he was right. So Tanya, blurred me up.
1: All right, so the blurb for Season 4, Episode 8, Dangerous Secret is... Corey is upset that Sean is being secretive about a girl. Also, it was Channing Arnold that warned us, and Mike just oh. chimed in, like, oh hey, I don't like the serious ones oh, very yeah. much.
0: Um, sorry about that. So, classroom or not, Tanya.
1: Not. We're at the trailer. We're at Sean's trailer. And like Corey's Hunter's got the Hunter House. The Hunter House. Um I'm Corey... not to
0: call it the trailer so much. Like it's just their house.
1: I mean, that's true. I guess I wouldn't have been like the cottage or right. the bungalow
0: or like Corey's two-bedroom condo <laughs> or two two-story house.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Corey's single-family home. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> good point. Um, so Corey's standing there. He his arms are full of groceries and stuff, and he's like banging on the door. He's like an he's old lady banging on mom. the door
0: because his he's got three bags. Like, Only
1: one that has a handle. The rest of them don't. Yeah. And like Sean comes and he's like, Corey, what are you doing here? It's the middle of the night. And Corey's like, well, you're sick, so I brought you uh, things that you might need. I brought you aspirin and cough syrup. This is like just and, the essentials,
0: but it's three bags full of stuff.
1: And then Sean's like vapor rub?
0: That's essential.
1: That is 100% essential. Vic's
0: Vapor Rub has gotten us uh, through the last Seven, seven years. years jinx seven years in our house
1: and can i just say like you can back in february no Kaden,
0: i take it back you can't
1: Caden was really really sick like terrifyingly sick and um there's that like old wives tale where if you put like vix on someone's feet and put socks over it like their fever will break and i was like there's no way that's true but let me just check like i was coming home on my lunch breaks to make sure he was doing okay he was very sick And in hindsight, like it makes Yeah. Like
0: we wonder because of the whole pandemic thing. Like this was February.
1: Right. Um, I mean he ran a fever for like five days. Um, but I I came home on my lunch break one day that he was sick and I was like randomly like, Hey, put this VIX on your feet and put socks on. He was better. Within an hour, he was better. And I don't know if it's coincidence or if it's not an old wives tale. But every time my kids get sick from now on, Vicks is going to go on their feet.
0: You heard it here. Now we know how to stop the pandemic.
1: Everyone, (laughs) put Vicks on your feet. And then put socks on and then just walk around All like right, that please. and like we're she fine. She is
0: not a doctor. Also wear a mask. I'm not a doctor.
1: Put Vicks on and wear a mask.
0: Do wear a mask. Definitely wear a mask. I don't care about the Vicks.
1: Putting Vicks on isn't going to hurt anything. That's just put true. Vicks on and then wear a mask.
0: I. That's fine. I'm okay with you wearing Vicks. I'm just telling you that it's not going to save your life.
1: It's not going to save your life, but in case it does do something, put Vicks on and then definitely wear a mask because it definitely does do something.
0: So Corey gives Sean Vicks, um... And Sean thinks it's ridiculous, but as Tanya has pointed out, it's the most important uh, thing in life.
1: And then Sean is like, "I can't believe you didn't bring me flowers." And Corey's like, "Well, I did, but I I thought maybe that would be going a step too he far." He said, "Maybe
0: I was afraid that would be inappropriate." And Sean goes, "It is." <laughs> um, and Sean is like, "Okay, I need you to go now, okay? Like, I'm I'm <laughs> I'm so sick." Um, And I need to get to bed. And Corey goes, oh, well, let me just plug in your humidifier for you. And he walks to go to Sean's bedroom and out walks a girl.
1: And not just any girl. Straight off the set of Jurassic Park.
0: (laughs) Five years earlier.
1: (laughs) I mean, she's the girl from Jurassic Park.
0: You know what? So I want to say this. I'm going to try to avoid the Jurassic Park thing because...
1: She was also in Tremors?
0: She was also in Tremors, and Tremors is awesome, too.
1: I love Tremors. But
0: my point is, I looked up, after we watched the episode, uh, I looked up, uh, man, I forget her name. I literally just looked her up. Ariana.
1: Ariana Richardson.
0: Ariana? Yes. Ariana
1: Richardson. No, it's Ariana. Ariana Grande. Whatever. Richardson.
0: Uh, So I looked her up just to see what she's been up to because she's a fantastic actress as a child, at least. Uh, And she doesn't really do anything in her adult life. And I found her Twitter and in her Twitter, she posts like maybe once every six months, BTW. Her last tweet was can't wait for 2020. I hope this is going to be a great year. Whoops. Sorry, Ariana, but the T-Rex got us. Um, But every comment on her, any tweet, any of her tweets, Every single Jurassic tweet Park. is I I just rem- I remember seeing you in Jurassic Park. It's weird to know that you're 40 now, and like you're so, so beautiful now. And I who would have thought, even when you were on Jurassic
1: Park, like so I so I do remember her from Jurassic Park, but I also remember her as the girl who was so good at crying in every lifetime movie. She was in like four or five different movies where she was kidnapped or. Uh, switched at birth, I think. There was like one where she was a girl who found out that she was switched at birth. Uh, she might have been found on a milk carton or something. I can't quite remember. She was in a lot of of Lifetime movies.
0: So it's entirely possible she got out of acting because all of her roles were traumatizing. Because, yes. Let's get into it. Um, Do so we she, have to? I think we have to, and I think it's time to stop joking.
1: <laughs> I don't... Um. So one of the things that this episode did that was just done very well is they kept it lighthearted but not inappropriately so like there were jokes in there that lightened the mood some but it wasn't done in an inappropriate fashion considering the subject matter
0: yeah but i don't know how capable we will be at doing that because um i mean jeff sherman didn't write this podcast episode
1: yeah it's gonna be a rough one it's gonna be a rough so one. so
0: anyway um cory's freaking out about Claire, um, walking out of the bedroom and, uh, And
1: he, like, runs out with all the bags. Well, he takes and, everything with and him. And
0: Sean makes him promise he won't tell anyone. And, and Claire, um...
1: Claire comes out and she's like, Please promise you will not tell anybody that I was here. And he's just like, okay. He says,
0: the only person I would have told is Sean. And he's right here. So unless he's more stupid than I realize, uh, he already knows.
1: Right. And he says, he says... Let me just take my mentholatum and go home.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we cut to Chubby's now, um, where Sean and Corey are sitting and talking, and and Corey's just like, Sean, so uh, we tell each other everything. And Sean's like, there's nothing to tell. I've told you that.
1: So Corey's under the impression that Sean has, like, obviously gone all the way with this girl because she spent the night at his house. And he feels like he's very behind because he's had a girlfriend for a thousand years. Like since they were born, they were together. Mm, No, Corey, like season one, you barely talk to Topanga, but whatever. So since they were born, they were together and they still haven't had sex. And he's feeling very behind and he feels like he has to to catch up to Sean. And he wants to know what's going on with Sean and Claire. And Sean is not saying anything. It doesn't. It's weird to me that Corey doesn't realize that something else might be going on because Corey nor- or Sean normally would say something.
0: I think kind of yeah, but um, this is just pointing out like Corey can't see through his own insecurities, mm-hmm. and he's he's decided that this is a thing that makes him insecure. What's surprising to me is that up until now he doesn't think Sean has had sex, by now right? Because of the Sean spends nights with girls all the time, right. Um, and I'm sure he thinks that Sean would tell him, but at the same time, if I'm Sean's friend, I'm going, Oh, well, he's way ahead of me and that's okay.
1: Right. Like you would have just assumed that you guys were in a different league. Like... Right. But
0: maybe this is tied into the fact that Corey is starting to feel insecure about the fact that Topanga doesn't want to go any further right now. Right. Um, so anyway, Corey says, um, Sean, you know, I, I, you're, you're out here doing whatever and I'm still walking around with... Uh, my address sewn into my pants, and Sean goes, "Well, I mean, that's a good idea because it's really hard to remember three, two, one. two, <laughs> um, And Corey says, "Look, I'm just, I'm ready to take it to the next step with Topanga," and Sean goes, "Okay, we'll take it to the next step." And Corey goes, "What's the next step?"
1: So now we go to uh, Corey's single family home. <laughs> Where... <laughs> Callback. Where uh, Topanga comes over. Yeah. But, but before that...
0: Corey's walking down the stairs.
1: And he's, like, talking to himself, sort of. He's
0: repeating things to re- himself.
1: He's, like, getting ready for Topanga to be there. He's and like, he's just like, may I take your coat? Oh, this outfit? Oh, I've, I just put this on. Like, I've always had it. So he's, like, preparing what he's going to say when Topanga comes yeah, so in. So he
0: opens the door and goes, oh... Hello, may I take a coat? And she goes, I'm not wearing a coat. And he's like, oh, this outfit?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, So he brings her in and um, she's like, so what do you want to do tonight? You want to go to the movies? You want to hang out here? Like, what is it that you want to do? And he's like, well, I was thinking I could show you my CD changer. And she's like, I've seen it. I was with you when you bought it. And um, he's like, "Oh well, I wanted to show it to you again." And she's like, "Okay." And so she starts to head upstairs, and he's just still standing in the living room. And she's like, "Corey, are you coming?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm. I'm gonna go upstairs too."
0: So they go upstairs, and they walk into Corey and Eric's bedroom, and he's already pointed out that no one else is home. It's just mm-hmm. it's just him and Topanga. But she walks into the bedroom, and there's candles everywhere, and she goes. Uh, are you having a seance?
1: And he was like, no, can a guy just like candles? I just really like candles.
0: It's always like this.
1: Um.
0: And then she reaches over on the bed and she grabs a book and it's like love sonnets by Shelley. And he's like, oh, I just, I find them incredibly. Doesn't he say erotic?
1: Yes. And then he, he says, I find her. her. Her poem's very erotic or something like that. And she goes, Shelley was a man. Um. And then she looks over and she's like, Corey, why are there grapes on the bed? And he's like, I mean, just like grapes. And then he goes, she's like, um, you know, what are we going to listen to? And he's like, I don't know. But if you, you should sit right here to get the best sound and tells her to sit on the bed. And she's like, why would the best sound be right here? And he's like, oh, you know, like speaker placement or whatever. Like you have to sit right here on the bed. So he sits her on the bed and he pushes play, And he's sitting next to her, and she gets very excited because...
0: The song is uh, basically Barney. It's Barney. um, Singing like... I don't remember something, something about,
1: about two nostrils or something like yeah. something about a nose and fingers and toes. And she's like singing along and doing all the hand motions. And he gets up and ejects it from the CD changer. And she's like, oh, I really loved this when I was a kid. And he was like, oh, Morgan's music, whatever. And throws it out the window. Ra-
0: launches it out the and window. And he
1: says, oh, yeah, we all or We all love that charming purple guy. This is the second time that he admits that he just adores Barney. (laughs) Because Um, back in, was it season one or two? Two. When he and Sean are supposed to be watching a horror movie and it's in the Barney case.
0: Right. So anyway, they they sit down and classical music starts playing and Topanga's like, oh, this is so beautiful. And he says, or she says, what is it? And he says... Oh, uh, I don't actually know. I got it from my my mom's mom's new Volvo. And so, like, they sit down and they start kissing and the the CD starts going, Welcome to your new Volvo.
1: Your safety is of the utmost importance to us.
0: So he changes the song again and now they start making out and he starts to put his hand up her shirt.
1: And she stops. And she's just like, Corey, what did you think was going to happen tonight
0: and he says nothing and she goes uh really then why are there grapes on the bed and he's like i just sean's already on ninth base and we're barely even rounding the bases
1: um and she's just like so you want to have sex with me because sean is having sex with people like that's what i am to you
0: which is like ridiculous and the first thing that he that came out of his mouth was like i'm just trying to keep up with sean basically right um and she goes, Hey, I'm gonna leave. And he goes, No, you stay. I'm I, that's how pathetic I am. I'm kicking myself out. And he leaves.
1: It was very good.
0: It was good. So now we go to the hallway at school.
1: Um, we go to the hallway, and I can't remember what happens first. Well,
0: Corey and, and, um, Sean are talking about something, and Sean walks away, and then Topanga well, walks in. Corey
1: blames Sean for why Topanga's mad. Not yet. Oh, okay.
0: Um,
1: Mr. Feeney walks in, yeah. too, and Topanga walks by Feeney and Corey, and she's just like, hi, Mr. Feeney, and then goes over to her locker, and Corey's like, hi, Topanga, and she's just like, Corey.
0: And he looks over at Mr. Feeney, and he's like... Everything's great. And Mr. Feeney's like, oh, yeah, no, I definitely got that. And he's like, who are you kidding? Uh, he, She hates me. And Mr. Feeney goes through a whole thing with him. But basically, he get, then he ends up saying, uh, Mr. Matthews, uh, I try not to get involved. Did you write this down word for word? Because you're looking at me like you wrote this down word for word and you well, want to cut me says, off. Well,
1: he says, I try not to get involved. But last night, this CD sailed through my window and landed... And landed on my walnut credenza.
0: Yeah, and Corey goes, oh, I'm sorry, I was aiming for the moon.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Feeney says, like, you know, there's trouble in paradise, but, like, and I don't normally care about you guys' relationships, but you guys are just so adorable. And he says it, like, sort of sarcastically, but also seriously. I don't know, I
0: felt like it was serious. It was both. I think it was serious. It was
1: in, like, a snarky manner, a snarky but serious manner.
0: So... Corey's like, do you have any advice for me? And he says, it's always important, no matter what, that you guys keep the lines of communication open. So Corey walks over to Topanga and he says, Topanga, if you're upset for how I acted the other night, I'm sorry.
1: No, he does not say Oh, he doesn't say I'm
0: sorry. What does he say?
1: He just says, I think you should tell me. Oh, okay. And she's like, I don't know what to say to you right now. And he turns back. He definitely does not say I'm sorry. And he
0: turns back to Mr. Feeney and goes, Feeney,
1: help. (laughs) <laughs> and like, you got anything else?
0: And Mr. Feeney, like, shakes his head and shrugs and walks away. And then Topanga looks at him and shakes her head and walks away. And then Corey goes, well, if nothing else, I'm good at making people shake their heads.
1: Mm-hmm. And Corey basically confronts Sean then about why Topanga's angry. And it's like, this is all your fault, like, because you had a girl spend the night at your house. And now Topanga's mad because she thinks that I was just trying to, like, do stuff because you do stuff. And Sean's like, wait. You told Topanga that Claire was at my house.
0: Yeah, he says you promised, like you promised me you wouldn't say anything. And Corey is like, "Well, yeah, it's Topanga." And he's like, "You promise," and he walks away,
1: shaking his head. And then Corey says the thing about shaking heads. Oh, really? Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know. I wrote it down first, so. Oh. Uh, anyway, now we go to the kitchen at the Matthew single family residence,
1: where three people are sitting the suburban, at the table. Suburban
0: single family residence.
1: Um, Amy Allen and Eric are all sitting at the table, and. Corey comes in and he's just like, all right, everybody, let's have a good old fashioned family sing along. And they're like,
0: because they say, aren't you aren't it's Friday night. Why aren't you out with Topanga? And he's like, uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. he's like,
1: well, when, well, you know, we haven't done it in a while. We haven't had a, a sing
0: along. And he starts singing and no one's singing along with him.
1: So you see Michael rode the boat ashore and he's like, mom. And then Alan goes, what about Sean? And he's like, all the moms, si- start singing. We're going to sing in the round.
0: And then uh, uh, Amy says something. And then Corey says, all the lonely boys. And he's and- like, all
1: the all the friendless, girlfriendless, lonely boys.
0: And Eric starts singing <laughs> along with him, <laughs> all excited. <laughs>
1: um, so then he goes upstairs, and Amy and Alan are like, Eric... What could possibly be wrong? And Eric's like, It's Corey. It could literally be anything. I couldn't possibly guess. And he goes upstairs.
0: Yeah, he says he's 15. It could be anything.
1: He basically jumps on top of Corey and is like, So? I thought Corey was 16. No, he's not 16 yet. He's been 15 for like two seasons, I think.
0: So, yeah, he jumps on top of Corey.
1: And he's just like, So? Uh, Topanga's is mad at you because Sean is uh, moving ahead of you, and you want to do things with Topanga, and it's just well, not working out for you. No,
0: Eric says Sean's rounding the bases, and you're not even catching peanuts. That's
1: what it is. <laughs> or he says, and you're stuck catching peanuts. And Corey's like, at this point, I'm not even getting oh, yeah. peanuts. Yeah.
0: Um, so they start talking about how Corey goes, Eric. You know, we've talked about so much stuff, but. You never told me about your first time. And Eric goes, well, okay. You remember Mitchell Davis? And Corey goes, well, that's an unexpected turn. Um, but what about your second what time? What about your second time? And Eric goes into a really great story, mm-hmm. um, a really great metaphor. It was like a...
1: A bicycle thing, like...
0: A bicycle with training wheels. Eric got a bike with training wheels on it, and it was so cool. And he was riding that bike all the time, and... Um, uh Mitchell got the same exact bike with training wheels, and then Mitchell took the training wheels off. And Eric was pissed because Mitchell was just trying to copy Eric and do it better. Mm-hmm. So Eric asked Alan to take the training wheels off his bike, and Alan said he's not ready for it yet. So Eric didn't get to take his training wheels off. Mitchell, who took them off too early, crashed his bike, and Eric says... That's why you had to repeat sixth grade 11 times or something.
1: right? Um, and, and Corey's just like, all right, can we bring it around to like the sex thing? And Eric is like, yeah, sex is like riding a bike with no training wheels before you're ready. Like if you are not ready, you're going to fall and break your head open.
0: Uh, good
1: job, Eric.
0: That was good. It was very good. So Eric walks out after dropping the mic.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and teaching us all how to parent because <laughs> I could use that.
0: No, that was a good, that was a whole good thing. Like th- that was really well written. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, he runs out of the room and the window opens. Sean walks in. Corey does the thing that he's done like three times now where he's like, you can use the front door. And Sean says, this is more exciting this way. Um, I'm positive that they've done that line a few times.
1: Yeah, I think it's a thing.
0: Yeah, so... Um,
1: So he tells him, so he comes in and he's like, hey, I need a favor. Like, my family's coming home tonight. And Corey's like, okay, and? And he's like, "Uh, Claire can't stay tonight. And he's like, I don't understand. He was like, can Claire stay here tonight? Corey's like, why, what what is going on? And Sean says.
0: Well, Sean says, I need you to promise me that you're not going to say anything. And Corey says, I won't. And uh, Sean is like seriously like you have to promise me
1: like and, nobody nobody can know
0: and Corey's just you, he takes it seriously and he says no I, I promise you sean what is going on and sean says um uh, her dad hits her um he he hits her at night so she's been leaving and and she sneaks out and she comes to my place and she sleeps there nothing else is going on i'm trying to protect her
1: um, and Corey's reaction is, but he's the president of the bank. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to talk about this more later, but the classist nature of this episode is incredibly important, I think.
0: Yeah. No. Yes. So we'll get into it. Um, and uh, Sean says, yeah, well, that doesn't change like what is happening. And you don't know what anyone's like. When they get home.
1: Right. And Corey's like, what about the police? Can we go to the police? And Sean's like, like you said, he's the president of the bank and I live in a trailer park. Who are they going to believe? And Corey is just like, I mean, we've got to do something. He's like, yeah. Can she stay here tonight? And he was like, I'll leave the door unlocked.
0: Yeah. And and Corey asked about her mom and, and Sean says her mom's scared, too. Like, she has to deal with him, too. Right. Um, so yeah, Corey agrees to it, says he'll leave the door unlocked, and then we cut to the living room that night. Um, it's dark, like, everything's out, they're being super quiet.
1: Corey's bringing pillows and stuff down to the couch, um, which, ballsy, I would have had her just sleep on the floor in my bedroom. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, like, she, he's setting up the living room, the common area of the house for this random girl as if family members don't walk through the living room to get to the kitchen. Right. I don't know. Like, I was confused. Like,
0: they could never possibly get up in the middle of the night for a glass of water well, or I anything.
1: mean, there's the stairs that go directly into the kitchen. But you see people walk through the living room to the kitchen all the time. So yeah. I don't even know. But... um Cory opens the door for Claire and she comes in and she's almost in like a dream state like she's very much portraying a a a dis a dissociation yes. like. She walks in and she's just like, is this your family? She's looking at pictures and she's like, I love your house. It reminds me of my aunt's house in Vermont. And I'm going to need you to take the reins on this. Yeah,
0: she says it reminds me of my aunt's house in Vermont. It smells like flowers. It always smells like flowers. Like it's a safe place to go. And um, she's she really is doing a very, very accurate depiction of someone who is just accepted the fact that their life sucks and um
1: hanging on to the thing that makes her happy and just like keeping that in her head all the time
0: yeah this is gonna be a tough episode for Tony to get through huh um so she um Corey says okay um let me take your coat he tries to take her coat from her well he, he takes her coat from her she doesn't give it to him he he grabs it from her and there's bruising on her arms and she goes. I just i i i hit. I ran into the door. And Corey says, "Oh no, I, I get it. I do that all the time." And she goes, "Sean told you, didn't he?" And he goes, "Yeah, he's he's just worried about you." And and I promise, I, I won't tell anybody. And just and she goes, "You know what? That's fine. Let me get you. Get, can you get me a glass of milk?" I thought she was going to leave.
1: I did too. I actually started writing. I think she leaves. You did. I
0: wrote it down and then scribbled <laughs> it out. Um, so. Corey goes in, grabs a glass of milk, or grabs a glass and the milk, and walks in and starts talking to her. And she's on the couch already, asleep.
1: And he puts a blanket over her, and then he finds a vase with flowers on it and puts it on the table right by her head so that when she wakes up, she would smell flowers.
0: Yeah. So now we go back the next day at school. The The Matthews' parents didn't notice that she was mm-hmm. down there, or at least didn't say anything if they did. Right. Um... So, which is a really like, what would we do in that scenario? Like,
1: we would, I honestly, knowing if if we thought that that they were protecting someone, I
0: think if if one of our kids' friends was sleeping randomly on the couch in our house, I don't think I'd ask any questions mm. because it it'd be one thing if they were in their room with them, and right. it'd be like, okay, what's going on? Right, but. If it was clearly like they're on the couch.
1: I, yeah, I would assume I, something I, was seriously wrong. And I
0: think our kids are smart enough and mature enough to, to, to want to get involved and help. So I, mm-hmm. I think it's entirely possible that Amy and Alan walked downstairs and saw her and they were just like, mm-hmm. well, let's leave this alone for a bit. Right. We know that Corey wouldn't do anything stupid. Let's see what happens. Right. So anyway, we go to school the next day and um, Corey and Sean are talking about the situation again and Corey is trying to tell sean that they need to go to the cops
1: and sean's just like no you can't trust the cops and Corey starts going into the fact that sean feels that way because he's a criminal
0: yeah he says that yeah the cops came in and made things because sean says cops just make things worse and Corey says yeah they made things worse because you dropped a, a cherry bomb in the mailbox and because something else
1: you were sleeping on a bench or you were doing some... Like, you stole a motorcycle or whatever. And, like... I mean... The... The... The, the context... Is correct in that context yes the police were making things harder for Sean because he did something wrong but that's negating the fact the police have also made things harder for Sean when he wasn't doing things wrong
0: right no the fact that this is coming up now again is just insane
1: my stomach was in knots through this whole entire conversation and I don't even know how to address it but it'll have to be addressed (laughs)
0: yeah so Corey says, like, we need to tell the cops. Like, we have to do something. We can't just let this happen. And Corey, like, has that in him where he just feels like he needs to take the reins and fix everything. But- and
1: he is doing a wonderful job of portraying a upper middle class white kid who has right. had nothing bad happen to him that caused him trauma through his entire life.
0: Yeah. Um, and... He finally goes, look, I'm just going to tell them. And as he says that, Claire walks into the... the. It's an empty classroom, yeah, right? Yeah, it's
1: an empty classroom. And she's just like, no, like, please. My dad is... No, a... she
0: says, if you tell them, I will lie.
1: Right. She says, my dad is a good man. Like, he works really, really hard. He's very stressed out. He loves me. But I get in his way. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tanya's lost it again, so here I am. Um, and... I. Corey kind of like lets it go at that point. Um, and then we go back to the hunter house. Um, Corey has agreed again that Claire will sleep there mm-hmm. that night. So we go back to the hunter's house now, and Corey is banging on the doors again. and um, Sean comes to the door and he's like, "What is going on? Um, you told you said that Claire could stay at your house tonight, and Corey brings her in to the light.
1: And she is she has a black beat eye. up. Like, yeah. her lip is busted. Her eye is busted. And Sean immediately runs over. And he's like, I'm so sorry. Like, I should have been there. I can't let this happen to you. Like, we're going to make sure that you're safe. And Corey's like, we've got to call the police. And they're like, no, we can't. Um, and she's just... She comes in and she's just like, it's fine. Like, I'm fine. I just got in his way and I don't understand. Like... I never did anything. I didn't do anything. Like, why did he even have me?
0: Yeah, she's freaking out about why, like, if I don't do anything to him, why does he do this to me? Um, and they're trying to figure out what they can do to help her again. And Corey says, we need to call the police. And she says, no, um, I'll be off to college in a year and a half. Um this can just wait until then. I'll just try to avoid him until then. And Sean says, uh, "You're you're not doing a great job of avoiding him right now." Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Are you against me now too?" And he's like, "No, I want to protect you." Um. So now we go back to the the Matthews living room. It's that same night slash morning. Yeah,
1: I guess it's like. I don't know, four or five in the morning and and Corey and Sean walk in and they start, they're like, oh man, we almost forgot about the pillows and the blanket. Thank God we got here before your parents woke up and Amy and Alan like stand up. They had been sitting on the stairs, which was like really cool because I did not notice them sitting on the stairs. Yeah. And
0: Alan's like, yeah, I'm real glad we're still asleep. Um, You better get everything away before we wake up. Uh, And he says, is there anything you want to tell us before we wake up from our sleep?
1: And um, I mean, they basically they're like, we were helping a friend Mm -hmm. um, and they were like, uh, we were helping a friend whose dad was beating her. Right. And they're like, was it Claire? And they're like, well, Sean freaks out.
0: Sean's like, you promised you wouldn't tell. And Corey says, I didn't this time.
1: And they are like, he didn't. She left her school book here. So they knew that she had been there. Right. Um, and they're like, so what did you do to help her? Did you call the police? And they're like, no, we put her on a bus to Vermont. Like, it's a really, really good place. Her aunt lives there. There's flowers. It's great. She loves it there. And Alan's like, and what are you guys going to do when her dad goes after her? And, And, and Sean's like, he's not. And they're like, seriously, Guys, children, what are you gonna do when this man goes after this little girl? And Alan says you have to call the police. Mm-hmm. So they go to call the police.
0: Yeah. Then that's and,
1: pretty... and that's basically the episode.
0: Yeah. So now we go to the credit uh, scene. Yes. And they're in Corey's room. It's it's just Corey and Topanga.
1: And they're looking at pictures.
0: They're looking at pictures and they're remarking on it. And it's, it's they're pictures of Claire at her new place. Like Claire sent them pictures at her
1: aunt's. And she's happy and she's showing pictures of how beautiful it is there. And um, I guess they're reading a letter from her. Mm-hmm. And uh, Topanga's like, well, see, this is great because like her dad's in counseling and... She hopes that they'll be able to see each other again soon. Like, fuck, what? <laughs> Ugh.
0: Yeah, uh, and and then it turns to the, what was the B-plot of the episode? Um, uh, Topanga, well, Topanga says, like, I'm so proud of you for helping her. Like, thank you. Like, that was amazing. You're an amazing person. And,
1: and he, she says, oh, and here we are up in your room again. And he's alone. like, see, no candles. There's no candles here. I'm a new man.
0: And she goes, but, yeah, but there are grapes on the bed.
1: And he's just like, I mean, I like them. And um, he basically says, like... He was thinking about how Claire had to grow up so fast Mm -hmm. and become an adult so fast and how he's happy that they are still 15 and that he wants them to be just 15. And she's like, and just kissing. And he's like, yes, and just kissing. And then he says, I never want to abuse this relationship. So what he learned through that situation was that, like, people can say that they love you and also abuse you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. so um, they start kissing. It gets a little hot and heavy. And Corey says, what's going on? And she says, um, uh, he said, I thought we, were, we weren't rounding the bases. And she says, it doesn't mean we can't take a little a lead off of first. Um, cute little joke to end mm-hmm. a, a very heavy episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, now apparently when this episode aired like on TV and, and any kind of syndication, um, any reruns of it, They aired it with a um, an abuse hotline afterwards Mm -hmm. on Disney Plus. It doesn't have that. Um, Right. But needless to say, like,
1: I find it interesting. I mean, now where media stands now, you put that stuff at the beginning of an episode, whether it be a podcast, a TV show, a movie or whatever. Um, And a lot of that is because of the fact that people are affected by things, by trauma that has happened to them, that even if they find the smallest bit of, um similarities in it it can throw people into a mental tailspin for a very long time
0: well and, and these are good messages that are good for people to hear and to know about it's great for people who aren't involved in these situations to see mm-hmm. real life situations that they can learn from without being in it themselves right because you never know what you're going to come across through in your life mm-hmm. um but it's also good for the people who are in these situations who might need kind of Um, Maybe not need, but might benefit from kind of a nudge saying like, hey, this isn't okay for you. Right. Um, But for anybody who's been through it and has gotten through it and is dealing with the repercussions of it, um, watching it can throw you into um, a bad place. I mean, Tony spent half of this episode crying. (laughs) So um, it's it's. I get why there are content warnings, but I wonder, too, if sometimes people who need to see the messages don't see it because they want to avoid it. You
1: know? I, I see a point, and um, I think this is a really good conversation to have, because content warnings are there because you can choose whether you continue to watch or listen. People know what their threshold is. I know that I cannot watch um, A Handmaid's Tale. Like, I see the content warning. I see why there's a content warning there. And I know that I can't watch A Handmaid's Tale. But, like, there's other people who maybe have gone through the same things as me who can watch The Handmaid's Tale because they know what their threshold is. Like, I think that the important thing about content warnings is it's it's not saying, hey, anyone who's been through this stuff, don't watch it. Like, it's saying, just letting you know that it's here. That's all it is. Right. Um, but anyway, my point was now those are at the beginning, where before it was always there was something at the end of a heavy episode, and and not just in TV, but in radio shows and everything. It would be at the end where it would be like, so we dealt with some heavy topics here tonight, and we just want to let you know that there's people out there who can help you with this, like whether it be a drug episode, an abuse episode, uh, a homeless episode, like. There was always that thing where all the cast comes together and they're just like, we really want you to reach out to people if you need help. Um, I think putting things at the beginning is is a, a better step forward. Too. I,
0: I think so, too. But I think at that time, too, like we it was a different time and place. Oh, like yeah. these weren't things that were being talked about in the open. Um, you couldn't. Um, um, listen to 400,000 podcasts about the topic that you want mm-hmm. to learn about. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes I think that a lot of the people who were were creating these thought will hit them in the face with this. That way it'll really wake people up.
1: Yeah, um, which probably wasn't bad. Right. Things were in such a weird state of being very mild. And... Parents just loved hiding the real world from kids, right. like I grew up in that world of being homeschooled and only going to church, and my mom thought she was just protecting us from everything like
0: yeah, but it it and it wasn't just you like mm-hmm. um it it was a really weird time period, I think, where all these parents went through. 60s and 70s and were crazy kids Mm -hmm. and then all of them became parents and were afraid for their kids to find out that these things existed right and it's just a really odd thing that happened Mm -hmm. there Um, and then then our generation has kind of grown up through all of that and and has learned on our own and I think now parents tend to kind of you can't shelter the kids from these mm-hmm. things anymore. Like,
1: it's I think all- we were the generation that learned. Like, We knew specifically that the more you throw something in a child's face of like, you can't do this, you can't do this, and I'm protecting you, and you can't do this, the more a person is going to be curious about it. I
0: think, too, we were kind of forced to to adapt because our kids have the world at their fingertips yeah. at all times. We can't keep them from it even even if we keep one of our kids or all of our kids from something Mm -hmm. they're going to go on a car ride or a bus ride Mm -hmm. with a kid who has all of that so um that's almost making it worse is when you try to to limit them right to an extent you 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 adapt to their age like i don't also don't agree with having a four-year-old with unlimited access to whatever internet they want right but
1: Anyways, all that being said, I don't know if it has anything to do with what we're talking about. It does. But I'm not crying anymore, so that's good.
0: Ah, I bored her out (laughs) of her tears. All
1: right, so how'd you feel about this episode?
0: I think in general it was a really good episode. Um, Mm -hmm. It was hard to watch. And it's funny because I think this episode um, was written so much better than last week's episode. But this episode is so much harder to watch than last week's episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it was good, and I think it was a good message. And I think it was well-written in a way where you kind of saw the whole picture. Um, um, you, we're obviously watching from a 1996, or is it 97 now? I don't
1: remember. <clears throat> I think it's 96 well, you, you still. You used to read the dates that they came out. And yeah, now you
0: don't... I couldn't even find the, uh, the writer this time. I think it's still 96, but I'm not positive. Um, but this was a weird 96 bubble where I think it, it wasn't the 2020 mm-hmm. look at what we're going through with the police bubble. Mm-hmm. Like, um,
1: Not to say that things were not happening with the police. Sure,
0: but we didn't see it or know right. about it as much. Now it's in your face.
1: Right. Um as you say that, and I know that you're supposed to be talking about how you feel about this episode, but maybe this is where we uh, go into Corey's overtrust of the justice system mm-hmm. and Sean's undertrust of the justice system and how Corey's reaction to Sean's tiny, little, like, I mean, he he didn't, he wasn't caught with, like, coke on him or anything like sean put a firework in a mailbox and
0: fell asleep in the park
1: and fell asleep in the park and he took mr turner's uh motorcycle but it wasn't like he took a random person's motorcycle like he was going to go try to find his dad right like and Corey's like but you did things wrong so of course you don't trust the police like that is a very very damaging way to view the justice system it
0: is but i don't think it's um i i didn't think that they were um implying that Corey's way of thinking was right i think they were trying to say like no like you're wrong you can't do anything here
1: yeah i do think um they handled it in a really interesting way because there was no definitive right or wrong here right it made it very clear that even though they contacted the police, the dad did not go to jail right. or prison for beating up his daughter every single night to the point where she didn't live with him anymore. Mm-hmm. He didn't go to jail. He went to counseling.
0: Yeah. I don't think that was an an, an inaccurate portrayal. No, that's of what...
1: incredibly accurate. Right. It's so accurate. And I think that's why I get so emotional because I know for a fact that our justice system does not do anything to protect children. Right. Um, We have watched children get put back in the hands of drug addict mothers. Like by themselves like there's there's no i mean they might have a social worker come once a month to check on them but you can pretend like everyone can pretend Mm -hmm. and these kids are going through trauma over and over and over and over again so that was accurate like incredibly accurate i wish that there had been more into explaining to Corey why just blindly trusting the police was not okay
0: yeah um, I agree, but I don't think in 1996 that happens. Um, so I, I agree. Um, but I think they addressed it in about as good a way as they could. Mm-hmm. Um, they made it clear that nothing was going to happen to the dad and they made it clear that nothing really did happen to the dad. Yeah. I think that was kind of their way of saying, it. I don't think in 96 you can get away with coming on to, on to TGIF.
1: And saying like, well, he's... Free to go, and she's still in danger.
0: Right. I, I don't think you can get away with that completely, but they, they put it in there. Like, mm-hmm. they left it there, um, which I, I think was ahead of its time as far as yeah. that era. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and I don't think I even picked up on that when I was a kid.
1: Definitely not.
0: Um, and
1: I grew up, though, very much, and it's a very strange thing because now my mom is completely different, but because I was homeschooled, we were raised to distrust the government and the police. And then if a police car drove past our house, we were taught that they were probably coming to check up on us and make sure that we were doing what we were supposed to be doing. It was bizarre. My growing up years were bizarre, but I was never taught to trust the police. Ever. Now, my family's like, ooh, the police. 100%. It's like God, and then the police, and then people. Like, they love the police, but... When I was a kid, we were not supposed to trust the police.
0: Anyway. Um, I think it was a good episode. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah? Uh, Yeah. How did you feel about this episode?
1: I felt so many things about this episode. Um, It was wonderfully acted. Like, just wonderfully acted and like i said at the beginning they kept light-hearted parts in there that were like perfect yeah it never got disrespectful to the situation it never made light of the situation it never was like oh uh maybe they should just have decided that it was either going to be serious or funny they tied the two plots together seamlessly
0: oh, and we've we've neglected the fact that they the, the B plot was uh, about whether or not Corey should be having sex yeah. like that's a heavy topic too but they like the the seamless the A plot was so heavy that it made the B plot seem less heavy and Even I wonder if, it was heavy I wonder if they did that on purpose because they didn't know if they could get away with this sex episode mm-hmm. So instead they had this crazy um, emotional heavy um, real life, hurtful episode Mm -hmm. and then they were like okay well i think in this episode we throw the sex thing in so that we can get that going Mm -hmm. and we can address it later
1: you said uh the thing about it being before it's time about something different but the part that really really affected me the most was when cory looked at topanga and was like i do not want to abuse this relationship yeah when i was a teenager the only abuse that people talked about in relationships was physical beating abuse. Mm-hmm. Corey made it very clear in that, just those few words that there are more abuses and that he was not going to do that. Right. Like that hit me so hard. That was so far beyond its time, mm-hmm. like so far beyond it. When it comes to sex, Guys thought they had to pressure girls to have sex all of the time. Right. All the time. Like that was a normal thing. And
0: and I think girls thought that they were supposed to be pressured into it. Right. Yeah, it was it was very like looking back. It it mm-hmm. because everything was so taboo and talked about but only in the most crude ways. Mm-hmm. Like it wasn't brought up in a healthy normal way. Ever It was right. always like, no, no, don't talk about it, don't talk about it, don't talk about it, until it was like, over-the-top, MTV-style, this is what sex is really like.
1: Right. um And there was a very uncomfortable and relatable part when Corey and Topanga are in the room and the candles are lit and everything, and Corey can't even say sex. Mm-hmm. Like, he can't. Like, he can't say it. And I remember... As an adult, like, watching something, I think it was probably Degrassi or something like that, where, and they always just, like, would come out and say whatever in that show. That was what they were about. And I remember them saying, like, if you can't say the word sex, you shouldn't be having it. And that was the first thing I thought. But that, like, sometimes my brain still goes to that place of, like, I can't talk about this. Because of that's the era that I was raised in, of the you can't talk about it, you can't say these things. It's so weird, but anyway, they tied the two plots seamlessly together. Um, the The fact that they did point out that the the father didn't go to jail and that she might see him again soon, Topanga made it sound like a sweet thing, and yeah, that's what upsets me. Is I. It's not a sweet thing. Yeah, that was weird. She should never have to see that motherfucker ever again. That was
0: a weird tone at the, the very end there, but um, I almost, like, didn't pick up on it because it was so weird.
1: I do think, and and unfortunately, it's a common misconception that abusers change, and I don't think you should ever give abusers the um, grace For yourself, like if you have been abused by someone, let someone else. Yeah. Prove that they have changed. Yeah. Do not be the person that's like, well, I guess he's changed. So I'm going back to him or I'm going back to my family or I'm going back into this toxic situation. Like if they got better, then they can prove that to somebody else. Right. They've already destroyed you. Like she should not see her father again. Agreed. So that's, that, like, that, I think that's one of the main things that, that I want to say about that is that if you have been in a situation where you've been abused or you feel unsafe even as an adult, like, with family members or you feel like it's toxic when you're with family members and then you start seeing them change or you see them go to therapy or they're like, please just give me another chance. Like, I've definitely changed. It's not your job to go back. And let them prove to you that they changed. You can go on, live a happy life, whatever, and they can prove it to someone else. Uh, nine times out of ten, they didn't change. And they aren't going to prove it to someone else. They're just going to prove to be worse and worse and worse with every person. And that's how I felt about the episode.
0: Yep. Okay. Um, so, wow. How are we going to end that? I
1: don't, I don't know. I, so, before we started recording... I got on the thread where um, Channing Arnold had said, like, hey, just a heads up. This episode is uh, pretty deep and rough, and um, I'm just letting you know. And I commented on that today. and was like, oh, like, I I don't even know how this is going to go, guys. Just letting you know. <laughs> so y- anyone who's in the Facebook group has been warned. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... So that'll do it for us. Yeah. You can find us um, if you have anything you want to say to us, um, anything you want to lighten the mood with. uh, Or
1: if we've made a point that you disagree with. Yeah, for sure. I would love to view things through a different glass. Like, I used to be a rose-colored glasses person, and now I'm very much just like a very cynical person.
0: Yes. Um it's been a wild seven years, guys.
1: <laughs> so because of that, like if you if you have a story where like things have gotten better or someone has changed, like I want to know those things. Like, cause I want to start viewing things through rose colored glasses at some point again. Like I don't always want to be a negative Nancy.
0: So you can find us on our Facebook.
1: You just type in boy meets girl meets boy meets world and then you can,
0: you can join the, the, the group there and I'll approve you and we'll talk
1: mm-hmm. about
0: all this stuff and um, Channing will warn you about the upcoming episodes.
1: You will be among some of the greatest Boy Meets World scholars of our generation. It's true. And
0: it's not us. It's not us. <laughs> it's like not...
1: they are telling us things. And then we're like, should we even be doing this? These people need their own show. Like right. all of we're them. We're halfway
0: through the show. We can't stop now, right? We can't just, <laughs> they can't replace we us can't... with new actors.
1: <laughs> we can't just hand over the reins to like the people who listen to our show.
0: Yeah, but you can also find us on Twitter if you want updates on us at...
1: BMG BMW,
0: uh, Or you can email us...
1: At bmg at gmail.com.
0: There's been a really strange turn of events there where, like, for the first 25 or so episodes of our show, I was the only one who had access to our email account. And then for a little while, Tanya was involved with it too. So it was both of us handling the email account. And now
1: he doesn't remember the password. I don't remember
0: the password. I got a new phone and I can't log into it. So. And I don't
1: remember the password. I'm just still logged into it.
0: Yeah. So, um... so
1: email me, guys. <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, anyway, thank you for joining us. This has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 4, Episode 8.
1: Class dismissed.